Welcome back to Buckle Up, Queers. The show that pushes the boundaries of comfort and humor. Now your hosts, Grunge Cowboy and Buckle Bear. You know how, like, when online dating first became a huge, like, big thing and people were worried about, like, others judging them on, like, where they met their significant other, like, oh, we met on Bumble or we met on Tinder or, like, for gays, it was always like, oh, we met on Grinder. I feel like the new one is, like, we fucking met on Sniffies. <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like every dating app, just the trend starts with, like, it starts with, like, kind of a hookup app. Like, even Tinder, like, swipe right, swipe left. A vast majority of people are using it to hook up. And then same thing with Grinder and Scruff. And then I think as it, like, progresses... People are like, oh, okay, cool. Like, this can actually be, like, a social media platform where we can check in and make friends. And, yes, it still has the hookup culture. But um, I feel like if somebody were to tell me, like, oh, yeah, like, we met on Tinder or Bumble. Or even if somebody were like, yeah, we met on Grinder, I would be like, oh, cool. Like, that's normal now. But, oh, yeah, we met on Sniffy's. And little circle of his dick pic just, like, really just... <laughs> Tickled my fancy and I had to slide into his DMs. <laughs> That's so funny. That's the difference between the queer community and the straight community is queers just like, it's like you see the goods before you even start talking. Oh, yeah. Well, I posted a poll on my Instagram and I specifically, I don't know what struck this as far as, oh, okay. I was watching a like a reality TV show and that's actually really funny because last episode we talked about the share house. It literally was one of those versions of a reality show, but these guys are like out in this winter wonderland or whatever it is. And they're just like, they did the whole typical, Oh, we're going to the bathroom thing. And they all went pee together. And then they like, there's a scene where they're like trying to see how far they could pee. And they're like looking at each other's like dicks and then I was like, wait, I feel like we always talk about how like gay men have always seen each other's like dicks, but maybe it's just men. So I posted this poll on my Instagram for certain individuals to see. And it was, if you have gay friends and the four options were, ha- are you just like strictly friends? Have you seen each other's dicks? Have you hooked up before? And the fourth option was, uh, we continue to hook up. And it was really interesting to see everyone's, like, not reaction, but everyone's votes. What do you think? Yeah. I'm going to see if I can pull it up. I don't even know how I would pull it up because it was last week. But what do you think a vast majority of the people did? Is this for the queer community? Yes. Well, I would assume um, the vast majority of the people that voted that ha- that were able to vote. Um, yeah. Word. I'm going to say either they've seen it or they've hooked up. Okay. Okay. Um, so at the lowest, which was 17%, let's see how many voters, let me see where voters. Oh, about 1100 votes. Okay. 
So, 17% of them said that they've hooked up before, but it was only once. So, I imagine that those friends were the friends that met on Scruff or on Grinder and hooked up. And they were like, hey, you're actually pretty cool. Let's continue to be friends. And then nothing ever happened before after that. Yeah. The second lowest at 22% was that they were just strictly friends. So, I... Didn't go into detail because obviously you can't on these Instagram polls, but I hope that people were just like, we're strictly friends. We've never seen each other naked. We've never hooked up. We've never flirted, whatever it may be. So it's 22%. Coming in second at 25%, we hook up all the time. So 25% of gays are hooking up on the reg and they're still friends. Good for them. And then... The highest at uh, 36% is that they've seen each other's dicks. Hmm. Not bad. Kind of what I yeah. like, definitely kind of checks out. It's like what I would expect. Yeah. Hmm. Love that for you. I, yeah. I would agree. I think that that is a very good toll. Toll. Pull. sorry ruby she's coming for you (laughs) every single fucking episode i try i'm like okay cool i'm not gonna fuck up and then i say some stupid shit like buying a hot plate versus a freaking propane stove whatever i never claimed to be good in vocabulary well you're definitely not so it's good that you're not delulu in that situation (laughs) Yeah, what if I but, just... <laughs> You thought you were, like, so smart. I'm smart in other categories, just not fucking English. <laughs> categories? Subjects? <laughs> no, I'd... Well, yeah, I guess, but I'm not in school, so I don't say subjects anymore. Well, you were referencing school, so you would use subjects. All right, do you have some other shit you want to talk about? <laughs> Stupid ass. Uh, Let's play yeah, a different it's episode game. 20. It's it's the final episode of season 1. Can the final episode of the it? year. We've made it 20 weeks together without breaking up and killing each other and yeah, beyond saying this shit. 20 weeks? That's We've been doing this for five months, right? Yeah. Holy shit. When you... Okay, we've talked about it a little bit, but I think both when we first started this podcast, I think both you and I were like wanting to always do a podcast, but we just never could kind of figure out as far as like what our niche would be. And then we started talking about it. And then the more it started, kind of low-key started as a joke. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, <laughs> wait are we actually fucking doing this? And then we fully did it. We fully dove in, bought the mics, did the research. And which is kind of funny because I feel like any project that I do, I want it to do really, really, really well. So I like try and do all the research. And then I eventually just like discourage myself from doing it because I'm like, Oh, if I can't do it, the best then I'm not going to do it at all and I feel like this one like you and I found the perfect balance between like let's just fucking do it like if we get three listeners it's 
okay, like we went into this project dedicated towards each other and dedicated towards the project, but also not with the expectation of like, you know, having hundreds of thousands of listeners. And so I think that that's what continues. That's what keeps me to continue to do this is because one, it is fun talking with you every single week. I thoroughly enjoy it. And two, it's just nice to have like an outlet to just express frustrations or laugh and have fun. And so I appreciate this last season one. It's been so great. It's been such an honor linking up with you every single week. Oh, fuck. Yeah, it's it's been crazy. I think that like even the first couple episodes, it was still kind of a joke. Not really a joke, but we were like, yeah, let's just see what happens. And then like every week we just got a little more serious about it. And I still don't give a shit how many people listen. I think it's fun. And mm-hmm. even if we had zero listeners, it gives us a space to just like talk with no boundaries and say whatever the fuck we want because we don't get to do that a lot in our life. Yeah. It's also really cool too because when we first started this, both you and I like went uh, with the agreement of we're going to give this a full six months. Like six months every single week or I think at the time we are like we're going to do six months worth of episodes because we weren't Mm -hmm. sure if we were going to be able to record every single week, which we have. There's Honestly, there hasn't been a week where we have not recorded. It Yeah, Yeah. may have fallen on a different day but we've recorded every single week for the last 20 weeks which is crazy accomplishment yeah that's a huge accomplishment for both of us because we're both pretty busy and like with me traveling so much and never knowing where i'm going to be on what day it's been great and we're both pretty flexible with scheduling which is nice and it's it could have been very easy for us to not record a couple of Mm -hmm. times and no matter how late it was or how challenging it was we just wanted to be here for the heathers and let them hear our beautiful voices and laugh with us. Yeah. It's been, if you've started listening from episode one all the way until episode 21, fucking love ya. To you have also been through this journey where we have gone through trials of like what we wanted to have our podcast be. If we wanted to come with every single, like every single episode having a subject to two or three episodes or it was just us rambling to our first three episodes not having any sort of intro to us introducing (laughs) an intro and then we introduced certain segments and so we are still trying to like figure out our craft and figure out what we wanted this podcast to be and I'm super excited because moving into season two we definitely have created a flow And both you and I have come to like such a good agreement of what we want this podcast to be and how we want it to be portrayed and how we want our Heathers to listen to it. So super cool. We have some pretty exciting things coming in season two um, Mm -hmm. that we have been working on. I know I talked about this last episode, but I am stoked for the Heathers to see and hear the new stuff that's coming down the pipeline we cannot freaking wait for that it's so exciting we're both so geeked about it and just to like reiterate what you said like if you made it through the first probably like three to five episodes and you're still here thank you because those episodes were i haven't listened to them since i edited them so they're probably so fucking bad and i definitely like as i edit them every week i i just like really appreciate how far we've come together and it's just so cute and 
exciting and I'm really excited for season two and what we're what we're dropping and doing and getting crazy and all that. We are gonna take a two week break, which is exciting. Um just for us to get some organization done, let you guys enjoy the holidays. Um so there will be a two week break between episodes. This will be the last episode for two weeks. Um but don't worry, we'll be back and when we come back it's gonna be bigger and better than ever and there's fun little surprises for everyone and that's all i can say there is it's gonna be so fucking exciting um it's kind of funny i feel like our first couple episodes were just driven by pure excitement that we had (laughs) a podcast and then um episodes after that we're like oh my god wait we have a podcast oh shit we actually have to come prepared with content and then there was some just weird random episodes where we just we had we were committed to the craft and we showed up and we just like let's just ramble and let's just talk and then (laughs) it was a little hiccup and then i feel like after that we needed that little hiccup to just kind of really decide where we wanted to go with this podcast and i'm thrilled that we had that and so um actually technically this would be our 21st episode that we've ever recorded because i forget what forget what episode it was but we had a full-on episode and never downloaded (laughs) well yours didn't (laughs) it was just me talking to myself for a fucking hour and a half I don't even know what we could do with that audio because I was like, oh, maybe it would be kind of cool to like pick from that or something like that. Like do something fun and special, but there's no, no way. Like there's nothing. This, this is a conversation based podcast and it would just be half the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, here we are. Here we are um, episode 20. I'm super curious. We had somebody write in and ask a question. And I'm yes. curious to hear your thoughts on this. Um, what are your thoughts on dating older men? And how how do you navigate that? Mm. Um, okay. I, I wouldn't say strictly, but I am very attracted to older men. And when I think about who I want in a relationship, it seems to always na- like gravitate towards older men. Um, and the only couple of men in my life that I have dated or have been I would not say any form of relationship um (laughs) dated is loose but they have been older men and I feel like if I didn't date those two and they were on polar opposite sides of what I wanted I wouldn't have this advice but I'm going to share some advice that like what not to do Um, coming into it. And so my first older man that I dated, I felt like I was dating a father. I felt like I would give him a phone call and I would complain or I would vent and he would always come with some sort of advice on what I should do. And as much as I appreciated that, there are certain people in your life that you don't, you just call just to vent. You're like, Hey, I don't need any advice. I don't need your opinion. I just need to vent. And I need you to be on my side. Like I could be totally in the wrong about this, but I just need you to tell me that the other person is crazier than I am. And so that was kind of the downfall of that relationship where it was, I felt like more so an uncle or like a mentor rather than a partner. 
And so moving into it, um, the next one, I was like, okay, cool. I, I'm going to pick those red flags right away. And I went in with the predetermined mindset of if he starts acting like a father figure, I'm, I'm out. And it actually was the polar opposite where I was the one that was having to do like the parenting because he was very immature (laughs) and the communication was absolutely atrocious and all of that. And so wrapping those two up, my biggest piece of advice for dating older men is treat every single relationship as an individual. I think that that's the biggest thing if you go in with like the mindset of trying to, if you take baggage from other relationships and put it in your current relationship, you are going to be on hyperdrive and like things that mm-hmm. might not, like little small little ticks that might not bother you regularly will start bothering you because your mind is like looking for those things and you're, you're like actively trying to pick a fight. You're actively trying to find holes in the relationship or holes in their personality so mm-hmm. like every piece of advice like every relationship whether it's with an older man younger man older woman younger woman same age whatever it is always go in with boundaries for yourself and the boundaries that you set have to be boundaries on yourself you cannot put boundaries on other people because you cannot force other people to change because then they will always be it, it they'll always have a bitter taste in their mouth if you were the one that made them change. Right. Um, and so, so my piece of advice is just go in with an open heart that obviously you have protect, like you're protecting your heart, but um, don't go in guns blazing or don't go in super defensive. Absolutely. Well, and like, just to go back to your point of like bringing baggage into the relationship and, expecting the same same result from your last relationship i think that's so big and huge in just all relationships like this isn't even just necessarily pertaining to like dating older people but like in general if you've been cheated on that doesn't mean everybody's going to cheat on you if somebody was verbally abusive that doesn't mean everybody's going to be verbally abusive and yes like that is trauma that you have to deal with but it isn't the next person's fault that that last person did that to you and it's not fair to them that you're bringing that and expecting them to do the same thing without even necessarily knowing who they are as a person, but automatically having the preconceived idea that they're gonna fuck up the relationship the same way your last person did. Um, I've seen a lot of relationships end because of that, uh, which is fucked. Um, But just don't do it. Deal with your trauma. And once you're ready, then you can move on. Um, As far as like, expecting people to change too. That's the biggest thing too, is like, you have to look at it like this. If you are in a relationship and you're expecting somebody to change who they are, they're probably not the right person for you. Mm -hmm. Because if you're, if you're expecting somebody to change into somebody who you want to date, then you're asking them to change their entire person into, into somebody that you're like, is your ideal partner. Instead, go find your ideal partner, go find somebody that has those qualities that you want or need. Um, I think it's huge in the the queer community that a lot of people end up dating older, older than themselves. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't really think that there's like any right or wrong way to do it. I think it, a lot of it depends on your maturity level. Um, 
I think growing up my whole life, I've always been like a little more mature than my peers. Like I would say five to 10 years ahead of my peers. And so I've always hung out with older people, whether it be friendships, relationships, things like that. Um, and that's just where I feel the most comfortable because I relate to them the most. Mm -hmm. So in my eyes, they're not necessarily older than me. They're just, they're just on the same maturity level as I am. And so it's easier for me to navigate those situations and, and relationships. Um, so if you're, if you're young and immature and in your party days and you're trying to date an older man, yeah, there's probably going to be some struggles, um, unless that older man is also in their party phase, which there are some of those out there. Mm-hmm. but in general, you know, just go into it as you would any relationship. There's, yeah. there's no really like rule book on how to date a certain age group. You just yeah. do it. I feel like for me, there, there are a lot of like milestones that I want to hit as I get older and a lot of chapters in my life that I want to walk through and I don't want to skip. And so that for me personally, that was like one of the big things is like dating somebody older is that person has to be okay with walking through those milestones or walking through those chapters with me as well, even if they have already gone through them. And so dating an older man, I know sometimes like, they might want to like pull you through those chapters quicker or like maybe even have you completely skip those milestones. And that to me is a little bit, I wouldn't necessarily say a red flag. I would just say that it's definitely something that you need to pay attention to. Um, I had a really good conversation with one of my friends um, who was really has always been into older men and like him and I have the very we have very similar types but he is currently dating somebody that is around his same age and I was asking him about that and he goes honestly like I wouldn't now that I've dated somebody my age I don't think I could date somebody older because we get to grow together and we get Uh to um experience life and hardships together as opposed to if he was dating or myself or somebody is dating somebody older you're in a sense going through those hardships almost alone because Mm -hmm. that older man might have already gone through them and doesn't want to walk through them or is going to like try and father you through them and so um that's just something to pay attention to but also one thing that he said which has always kind of stuck in my brain is older men who are going, who strictly go for younger men is kind of a red flag because there's a reason (laughs) why somebody their age would not date them. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times you like it's maturity level. And so, yeah, it's just something to pay attention to. Like, there's just there's so many different outlets like where you're meeting this man are you meeting him like at a circuit party like why is a 50 year old man single man at a circuit party that is kind of a little bit of a red flag um are you meeting him (laughs) on the dating apps are you meeting him wherever i think that there's like obviously those aren't signs to like completely block them out but you definitely have to be cautious about them as well too yeah. And a, a big thing to remember too is the older generation queer community grew up very differently than we did mm-hmm. in terms of acceptance of who they are. And they probably came out a lot later in life than we did. Um, it's 
that also has a big effect on the relationship because a lot of them are a little more reserved when it comes to things that might be important to you, like PDA or, you know, like the way they introduce you. A lot of those older generations, depending on how old you go, are going to say, you know, this is my roommate or my partner rather than my boyfriend. Um, So I think it's just like also really depends on your morals, your values, what you expect from a partner. Because if you want somebody that's going to hold your hand walking down the street, chances are a 50 year old man's not going to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. They're still like learning and navigating how to be queer in the world without judgment because they have a lot of trauma and not all of them. Obviously this is subject to the person and the individual, but I would say a good majority of the older generation gay men are, do struggle with that a lot. Mm-hmm. So for the individual, the Heather who asked about dating older men, um, I think just to kind of sum it up is go into the relationship, knowing exactly what you want in a relationship, in a partner, Um, and making sure that you're establishing those clear boundaries as well as clear communication and what you need in order to be successful and happy in the relationship. And if he wants to, like, I think I kind of want to go back a little bit on what we said about changing, because I think every single person stepping into a relationship does change slightly, but Mm -hmm. it is because they want to. And if they wanted to, they would. And so you're not completely changing their whole entire personality, making them do a 180. It's like small little things that you are asking them to change about themselves because you, because that's what makes you happy and they want to make you happy. But on the counter Mm -hmm. of that too, that also means that you have to change some things about yourself. Um, Not core, not core memories, not core values, nothing to the core. It's just the small little things that you are slightly tweaking to make your partner happier because it is a 50 50 relationship and you do need to meet halfway. And so if one person is changing everything about themselves or is the only person tweaking themselves, that's also a big red flag, which I have seen a lot of like older gentlemen trying to tweak and change the younger person in the relationship. So just be aware. Mm-hmm. Um, also keep your friends closer. Um, I can't stand it when people, I can't stand it. That's a bad word. I don't know what word I want to use, but <laughs> I hate it when people get in a relationship and they just exile everybody else in their, mm-hmm. in their life. Um, so counter this, this is if you're dating an older man or you're stepping into any form of relationship is keep your friends close because they're going to be the ones that will like tell you like, Hey, you are changing a lot for this person. Are they doing it too? Like, are you guys yeah. both, changing yourselves in a good way um yeah so a good way to look at it too is like we're all constantly changing but there's a difference between changing and like growing and i think in a relationship you grow more so than change um because you're you're investing your time and your life into another person and you guys should grow lateral together rather than one of you's growing one of you's not one of you's like making leaps and the other one's just like staying at the starting line watching you go you know like that I think that's the biggest difference whereas like changing in my brain is like oh I used to go out every Thursday night to get dinner and drinks with my friends and now I don't do that because my significant other doesn't want me to like that's a change and that's like not a good change that's usually like 
an unhealthy boundary setup. Um, obviously when you start in a new relationship, it, it's fresh and exciting. And so you want to spend as much time with that person as possible. But if your significant other can't integrate into your friends, um, then he's probably not the right person for you because mm-hmm. your friends are the people that you connect with the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Look at us just giving great life advice. I know. What the heck? We're so smart. Um, um, I would just like to say for the Heathers that have just random questions, we love answering them on the pod. Even if you have a question that you don't necessarily want us to address on the pod, you can always slide into our DMs um, and we would love to chat. You can also do it on Spotify and leave a comment that way. Um Whatever it is, we love asking your questions. It brings content to the pod. And honestly, it's a lot easier for us, too, because if we can answer those questions, then we don't have to come up with other stuff to talk about. <laughs> the lazy podcast host. <laughs> it's coming towards the end of the year. Episode 20. My brain, my creative juices are, there's a dam somewhere. Well, there's been a dam for a while. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay i have a little bit so last week we talked about fucking in the senate um we definitely teeter-tottered on the politics of things this week i want to ask a question and what do minnesota new hampshire colorado and michigan all have in common i want to say that i know the answer but I also don't know if I do because I stay out of the media a lot. But I did see last night and this morning that Trump is no longer eligible to run for president. He, from my understanding, he is still eligible, but these four states are refusing to put him on the ballot. And also in Colorado, if they do, if somebody writes his name in, they it will just be a burn vote. Like, he these states are sticking up for it. They're like, no, like he, he broke the law. Like we're not putting him on our ballot. So I just wanted to pop that in there as far as it, this is not a political podcast, but (laughs) I think if you have made it to episode 20, you know, both, you know, where both of us lie when it comes to certain things. And I'm just so fucking happy. You live in a great state, my friend. You live in a great state. <laughs> we do love Colorado. She's crushing it. Unfortunately, the state you live in is probably the opposite, where they're going to double put him on the ballot. Probably. Every <laughs> person that votes for him is probably like a two. Like, we'll double count it. I don't fucking know. <laughs> just to make up for the states that kicked him. Yeah. Yeah, which is yeah. crazy, because at least in my lifetime, I've never seen that. And I also didn't really know states could do that. Uh, So it's pretty cool that states can just be like, nah, not our president. Well, I just don't think that there's ever been a president in history that's ever been arrested. (laughs) So, I don't know. Speaking of past presidents, (laughs) and this is 180, um, did you know... Have you seen um, that movie on Netflix, Leave the World Behind? 
No. Okay, so it's like an end of the world uh, movie where it basically talks about like a cyber attack. And like if there's ever a cyber attack on the United States, this is how it would pan out. And it actually is like really creepy because it's very realistic. Like Mm -hmm. if you have not seen it and you still want to see it, I'm saying this right now, spoiler alert, pause this episode, go watch it and then come back to it because I'm going to spoil a lot of it. But there's like a part where um, they're in the Hamptons or I don't know, somewhere on the East coast and this guy walks up to this house and it's like, it's a beautiful mansion house and it's like flooded everywhere. It's like right on the beach and it's just really crazy. Like why the end of the world, it's a cyber attack. It's not like a Nash, like a, we're not flooding things like what's going on, but basically fast forward and these hijackers have hijacked like all of the planes to have them crash in the same area, which is right by this person's house, which is on the beach. So it's like the waves are coming into it and it's absolutely fucking gnarly. All the cars that are like computer based are all going and crashing in certain territories to block transportation so people can't get in and out of cities. Anyways, it's so trippy. It's so crazy because it's like, this is actually realistic and this is what can happen. But then what makes it even more realistic is that Barack and Michelle Obama are executive producers on the movie. And so now everyone is saying, is this a message that the previous president of the United States is telling us? Like what the fuck? Yeah, they have I mean, he had all of this knowledge and of course he's not going to come out and say it, but like I feel like whatever you believe on a, if you don't whatever you believe, wherever you fall on the political spectrum, I don't think that you can argue that Barack Obama was like one of the people's favorite presidents and like a lot of people like he actually genuinely cared about like mm-hmm. the people and not necessarily political gain. And so I think that that's why a lot of people are saying, like, speculating, this could be his way of saying, we need to watch the fuck out. That's fucking crazy. What is it called? Leave the world behind? Mm-hmm. It's, that's crazy because I am a firm believer that TV shows and movies are meant to desensitize us to a lot of situations. Mm-hmm. So that when, we, when they do happen, we're like, eh, eh, been there, done that, seen that, seen mm-hmm. the ending of it. Um, <laughs> did you just well, hear Netflix turn on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm literally going in to add it to my list right now so that I can watch it later. Well, I think it's just really interesting because in a lot of these like end of the world scenarios, even in like zombie apocalypse movies, the big, the big bad wolf is never the actual occurrence. It's never like the zombies or like mm-hmm. the natural disaster that occurs it's always the people aspect of like the end of the world like everyone immediately like when there's no structure everyone immediately like goes to like protect themselves and the ones that they love even if that means at the harm of others and this is like a very big prime example of this there's a scene in the movie where like they need this certain they need a medicine and the person is like dying 
somebody has it and he's like not willing to give it up. And because he's like, I have to worry about my family. Like you are not my family. And it kind of like that kind of stuff makes me really sad because I feel like if this were to ever happen, I don't know what I would do. I don't know. I'm I'm throwing myself off off the balcony. I like I'm if we were ever in that situation, you would die so quickly. Just in general, any kind of disastrous where you have to survive, you're you're probably the first person in the world that's going to die. Yeah, I think. No, have I ever it, told you like what my theory is about myself? Yeah, we've talked about this. Okay, on the pod. Oh, oops. <laughs> but it's i do think that like it i mean it's just like with money like money turns people so greedy Mm -hmm. and in the situation where money's not really a thing and you have to like gain supplies to survive for you and your family it's gonna do the same thing where it's like look out for your best interest and everyone else can fuck off so you're gonna literally let anybody around you die that is not your immediate family or like close friends and even close friends. You'd probably let just fuck off. You know, mm-hmm. if you, if you got that medicine, you might need it later. You're going to keep it. Yeah. I think it's just very interesting. What's the, um, the mist by Stephen King. Have you ever, it was, obviously it was a book, but the movie. Yeah. I don't read. Oh, um, that I, f- I don't know if I've ever seen the movie either. It is a sci-fi thriller movie where basically it like this military base opens up this dimension dimension and like all these really big creatures come out and just start like from the mist and just start killing people. And it basically is this group of people that are stuck inside of the grocery store and long story short, like there's one biblical leader who just starts quoting the Bible and, um really like leans into people needing faith at this time and just starts spitting and spewing these crazy demands and um they're all safe in this grocery store and they have plenty and plenty of food but this one woman is just has complete power over everybody and is just making everybody a living hell and then eventually they start killing each other to where to the point where like a group of people is like we have to go because this bitch is crazy. And so yeah. I feel like that also is going to be, that would be a big dynamic in this world, this day and age as well too. So yeah, somebody's going to try to take power and be a leader and I'll be the first to kill that bitch. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I Mm-mm. end of the world. We probably said it on the podcast. Here are my, my musts i if there if the end of the world ever does come i hope it comes when i am at a gay event because i just really don't think i one it would already be really hard to keep myself around at the end of the world tacking on on top of that like no gay people that would just fucking be (laughs) atrocious Unless, like, really sexy straight men just needed an outlet and I could have been there. I, I could be their outlet. That would be the only only perk, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's my only stipulation for the end of the world. So if anybody has control <laughs> over when it comes, please take a listen at 41 minutes into episode 20 of Buckle Up Queers. <laughs> 
That's probably the first thing they're going to do. Probably. When the world <laughs> ends, they're going to throw on buckle up queers and say, how do I fix, how do I fix this? Yeah, absolutely. This will be the only podcast that survives. That's true. We're ruthless. I don't give a fuck. Do you think that, because I know that, I forget what they're called, like the seed bank, you know, that's in like Antarctica where they're taking like Mm -hmm. seeds from every plant. Um, And then anything that's like There's like three of those around the world. Yeah. But they're also like taking published works of art and they're putting them into like time capsules. Do you think Buckle Up Queers, because it's published on Spotify, is in that time capsule? So, like, 600 years from now, when somebody wants to listen to some vintage shit, mm-hmm. they're listening to yeah, a podcast. They, and it's- somebody definitely keeps it on a USB drive and puts it in there. I like to think so. It helps me sleep at night. No, they definitely do. They reached out <laughs> to me and asked me if I could get them a copy of every episode. Perfect. So now when I upload it, I just upload it to a different cloud and then also to Spotify and that way they can have yeah. access to it. That person is also Barack Obama. <laughs> He's our in biggest he, fan. He actually is, <laughs> in case you were wondering. It's true. It's true. Speaking of end of the world, I want to ask, this has been going viral on my TikTok and it is last week. Gay Twitter was divided. This time, travelers are divided. And it is people asking, are you allowed to recline your seat on a plane? Uh, well, you're allowed to because there's a fucking button for it. Well, should just because you or you're allowed. You not, yeah. Is the question. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my honest answer is I think that it depends on the airplane. There are certain models of airplanes where when people recline the seat, it doesn't affect the person behind them in any way, shape, or form. Um, mm-hmm. But I would say the majority of airplanes, when you recline the seat, it is going to jam my kneecaps into my fucking thighs. So I think spatial awareness is a big one on that. Um, if I have a child sitting behind me, I'm going to recline my seat with no no qualms. Um, mm-hmm. If I have a six foot three man behind me, I'm not. I'm not going to recline my seat because let's be honest, reclining airplane seats does nothing. It does not make the seat more comfortable. Yeah. If anything, it makes it less comfortable. Mm -hmm. I, for one, because how this kind of sparked was it was one of those videos on a plane and the lady's like, hey, she was like a tall woman and she's like, hey, can you please not recline your chair? Like my knees, like... I physically cannot move because like you recline and now I'm like trapped. Um, And the lady in front of her is like, no, I'm going to recline my seat. And it like sparked this whole debate on TikTok where people are like, do you recline? Do you not? I am a firm believer. Never recline your chair. Even, I mean, like a small child, like a baby, yeah, sure, whatever. But even if it's somebody who is like shorter, like under 5'6", I'm still not reclining my chair. Because I do agree with you. What the fuck does it do? It doesn't do anything. It's like an extra three inches that you can sit back. Like, that doesn't do anything. So, 
I'm on the side of don't ever fucking recline your seat. New planes that are coming into production should just take that feature off so we're not dividing our country even more than it already is. <laughs> yeah, it's well, in uh, there's a there's a video of like a prototype of airplane seats that's going around the world. Um, I don't know how realistic it is. I would really love for somebody to just pull the trigger and make it happen, but it's where the seats are stacked. So there's like a second level of seats and then one below it. And so Mm -hmm. like you can fully lay your seat down and it doesn't affect anybody around you. Um, It also just gives you the most ample amount of leg room possible on a plane, but without taking the amount of seats away. So why are we not doing that? Mm-hmm. Mr. United Airlines, why are we not doing this? I I know exactly that video that you're talking about because I also saw it. Or there's also one where like the seats are like they're it's like still a row, but they're angled differently. Where it's mm-hmm. like it fits just as many people, but like you have way more room. Um it's yeah, I don't I don't understand who like the plane was invented like when I say plane, I mean like the big jets that we all fly on was invented like over 40 50 years ago. Why yeah. has the design of a plane internally not changed? Yeah, in in it has, but it's gotten worse. Like they're adding more seats. They're squishing the seats closer together. It's just they're trying to capitalize on the amount of people they can fit on the plane rather than making it a good environment for the people flying, mm-hmm. which I think like if you created a good comfortable environment for people to fly, they're going to fly more often. Yeah. Well, I feel like a lot of the times, like when it comes to like flights or like airlines and airplanes, I feel like they kind of work with the idea of, what else are you going to do? Like you have to fly, like you're going to drive like across the country Mm -hmm. and take up like six days as opposed to like, you can do it in one. But I just don't think that there's an airline that has is like competing. Cause all the planes are the same. Like there's just not an airline that is doing anything differently. Which we need. We need an airline that's pro pro comfort, pro big boy, pro big girl. Mm -hmm. Like it, I don't know who they think is flying, but it's not a bunch of fucking skinny twinks all the time. Yeah. So. Dumb bitches. 2024 is going to be the year for big boy planes. Yeah, it is. I'll invent it myself. Yeah. Or to just completely avoid the whole idea of seats reclining. You could just sit in the exit row. That's true. Which I usually do. Same. And no one ever argues with me because they, they, they see and they're like, oh, yeah, he 100% needs that extra legroom. <laughs> 100%. We love those flight attendants that look out for the, the passengers. Yeah. They're Absolutely. the best. Absolutely. Um, I just had a brain aneurysm where I didn't know. I I was not aware of how to continue. (laughs) So actors and actresses falling in love on set, huh? Oh my God. (laughs) I saw this and 
I'm fucking over it. I'm over it. Like, it is just, it's so annoying seeing, like, a fucking couple that meets on a movie set. And chances are they're going to date for, like, a year and then they're going to break up. Every single fucking movie where there's, like, it's a love story or it's, like, it's, it's, it's too fucking annoying. I'm over it. I'm over <laughs> actors dating other actors. I'm over it all. I don't care if they fell in love on the set because in a year from now, they're going to fucking break up. Why are you so passionate about this? I don't know. I just, I was, I was pissed. <laughs> I was probably on TikTok at midnight and saw an article or saw a TikTok where this group, this this couple announced that they were dating and then they met on the movie set of their recently released movie. And I'm like, this is, this PR scent is fucking done. We're over it. Like, Move on. Date a fucking fan. Like, it's over. Like, also, I truly do not... I don't understand how people date inside of their own, like, their own bubble, if that makes sense. Like, their own career Mm. bubble, especially... I don't understand how people date inside of that bubble. And it's a lot of the times it's with movie stars. So like if I'm a big famous movie star and I am dating another big famous movie star, that to me is, it's too similar. Like what are you, that, it just is boring. Like I get that you guys kind of live the same lifestyle and like you're both used to like paparazzis and stuff, but mm-hmm. I also, maybe it's because I don't believe that paparazzi just stick outside of a restaurant and then capture these people coming out. Like, they're getting tipped off by these people. It's all PR stunts. Yeah, sometimes, for sure. I think the way I look at it and the way I see it is, like, I imagine being a celebrity is probably, like, although they chose that life, it's probably a pretty difficult life sometimes where it's, like, yes, you have all the money in the world. Yes, you live in the biggest house. Yes, you have everything you want but like you have to think about everything you're doing so like even going for a walk like you have to probably let somebody know you're going for a walk or you have to like take a security guard or something um so when it comes to like dating i can't imagine dating somebody who is not also a celebrity or close to it i can't imagine that's easy because you have to get them to like sign NDAs. You have to get them to sign all these documents before you can even like probably go on your first date with them. Um, and then it comes to the point of like, I'm sure there's a lot of thoughts in, in the celebrity world of like, do they actually love me for who I am or do they love me because of the role I play in movies or do they love me because of the music I sing or do they love me because of the amount of money I have or my fame or because people are hungry. And mm-hmm. I mean, I would date a celebrity for their money. Why wouldn't I? If I could just be a stay-at-home dad, like, okay, that would be so cute and fun. But also, do I, like Zach Bryan, we all know I'm obsessed with him. I would marry him tomorrow. But if I actually got to know him, would I like him as a person? Or would I just still continue to date him because of the idea of him in my head that he's just like this god that can do no wrong. He's perfect. 
he has the most angelic voice in the planet. You know, like where do you separate those things? And like people feel like they know celebrities on a personal level. That's why people cry when they die. That's why people get upset when something weird happens. But at the end of the day, like you don't know who those people are or how they Mm -hmm. are outside of, outside of these roles they play. So I'd imagine that's why most people who have any kind of public are in the public eye in any way are dating within their own realm. Yeah. I agree to a certain extent, but also at the same time, I think that we have like grown up with just paparazzi, like not you and I like paparazzi, but what we've seen through celebrities has been through like paparazzi's eyes And so I think that we have this like misperception that they're like consistently and constantly being followed and like, don't get me wrong. Like they going out in public definitely is like different than if you and I were to just go to a random coffee shop. But Mm -hmm. I have to think to like two of the most famous and powerful women in our country, if not the world also went on like year hiatus where we didn't see them at all we didn't hear about them like Beyonce she I can guarantee you for the years that she was on a hiatus she wasn't just sitting in her house she was out and about like (laughs) she went and did things and like but we didn't hear about it Taylor Swift Mm -hmm. same thing like she chose to step back into that spotlight she chose to release these albums and go on tour but prior to that like yeah we knew that she was dating um her boyfriend Joe but like we hardly ever heard about it because they took those proper steps to like be like be secluded and you know, not so I get, I definitely see both sides. I think the thing like what I'm just annoyed with is mostly the whole idea of like you meet on a set. Of course you're going to like fall in love because you're constantly with them and like you don't have any other forms outlets. So like, your blockers are on your shades are on of like you're not seeing it and then once you're outside of that bubble and then you date and then you're done and then it's like oh my god it's just it's it's a lot like i think i we're we're kicking it back to the trends of 2024 i would like to stop seeing celebrity couples yeah i can see it i just i don't know i i would be very curious to like talk to a celebrity one day about that and just like actually understand what their life is like because even when they do these documentaries like last week we talked about paris hilton's show paris in love and she's only going to show you what you what she wants you to see um Mm -hmm. but i would be very curious to know what a daily life looks like in the in the form of a celebrity in in terms of like not what they do for work but just like do you just go get in your car and drive to the gas station to get a snack or do you have to send somebody or do you have to like, if you want to go to, you know, like in Paris's show, she goes to a party city and she spends like $900 there and she's just like walking around. She has sunglasses and a hood on, Mm -hmm. but I feel like if you saw Paris Hilton with sunglasses and a hood on, you would still know it was her. Yeah. So did they close down the store? Cause there wasn't a lot of other people in the store. So like, I guess well, it also depends just... on like your celebrity status and how famous you are. Yeah. Cause somebody like Paris Hilton, who's very, very, very well known throughout all communities versus somebody like Zach Bryan, who's 
only known in a certain niche community. Like people know his name, but very few people would probably recognize him on the streets, you know? Yeah. I feel like they're, well, one, I feel like they probably didn't close down party city cause it's party city. I've been to party city and there's only been like one or two other people. I've never seen that place. Packed. <laughs> so, but I do so fucking expensive. Everything they sell is so expensive. Yeah. But I, well, they need to be, have it be expensive because they don't have fucking customers. <laughs> they need the one customer to pay for the same amount as two customers. But I do think that, um, there, I agree as far as like this level of fame, but then even once you're like, part of me thinks that even once you're up at like the top level of fame, there's still like, you could walk around and there's still just going to be that level of disbelief. Like somebody like seeing you and like, Oh my God, is that fucking Beyonce? There's mm-hmm. no way fucking Beyonce is at like this mall right now. Like, yeah. like it's just somebody that like looks like that person and then it just takes the one person like no that is and then that causes a scene so i do agree with like different levels of fame and i'm sure that they probably understand it like zach bryan's like oh if i go into like this city like nashville for instance which is huge in country i'm going to get recognized but if i'm walking Mm. around and maybe fucking like portland oregon or seattle washington i might not get recognized because my genre is not huge here so yeah and i also do firmly believe that like these celebrities are out and about just doing regular things they're just in a little cognito like with a hat and sunglasses and so maybe somebody like walks by them like oh that looked like so and so but didn't really act upon it yeah and that's the thing is like we're used to seeing them like full glam all the way done up with yeah a full face of makeup, hair done. So, and that changes a, like your look a lot. If you, mm-hmm. I mean, even myself, like if I don't like blow dry my beard and then if I were to like leave the house in just like some scummy clothes, it would, yeah. I would look so much different than when I actually like put an effort. So maybe that's it. Is mm-hmm. just depends on how they leave the house, I suppose. I forget who what, who it was, but he did an interview and a lot of the characters that he played on TV were like he was in full scruff. And at one point he was like really, really popular. He was like in a lot of different movies. Um, I think he was like on like a big, I think he was one of the actors from Game of Thrones or something like that. And the person, the host who's interviewing him was like, do you get recognized a lot on the, uh, out on TV? Like how has, has these roles changed your life? And he's like, Honestly, I don't get recognized a lot because the big roles that I've been in have been me with a beard. And he's like, Mm -hmm. after we're done filming, I shave it off and I look like a completely new bitch. Like no one recognizes me. Which is very true. Like beards on men. That's mm -hmm. the best way to disguise yourself. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's like, um, I feel like the most popular is hat fishing, H-A-T. And Mm -hmm. then there's glass fishing which is just sunglasses and then there's beard fishing and like i would say hat and beard are like absolutely like can completely change my opinion on if i'm attracted to a man or not absolutely the minute i shave my beard off i look like a fucking jelly bean it's terrible jelly bean (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not even the good kind it's like the fucking bamboozled jelly beans i look like the popcorn one <laughs> that's actually my favorite though ew <laughs> really i fucking love the popcorn jelly bean that's disgusting 
It is so good, but you have to eat it solo. Like, that's the one that you can't just take a handful of jelly beans and, like, eat. Yeah. Yeah. Still disgusting. No, it's really good. It's delicious. You're disgusting. On that note, I'm done talking to you. On that note, this is the wrap of season one of Buckle Up Queers. Thanks for being Heathers with us, and thanks for listening and letting us just fucking gabber for no reason. Thanks for being gay with us. Love ya.